Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport on day 10 of Wimbledon 2017, a day that has seen our women's final lineup set. It will be five-time champion Venus Williams against finalist of two years ago, Garbina Muguruza, which means, in case you haven't heard, that Joe Conta has crashed out of the tournament at crashed. the semi-final stage. I saw the word slump used earlier, oh, David, and I almost challenged the person on Twitter that had used it, but I just thought, you, you know, know what, it's not worth it, back. but it's not right. That takes me back to 1997, standing in the Queen's locker room, when Tim Henman comes in, the great hope of great British tennis, and he comes into the locker room having been beaten by a German player called Jens Nipschild and uh, in the uh, in the aftermath of this this loss he looks on teletext which is what used to be what we had before the internet existed and and he actually looked up at the screen and he said Tim Henman crashes out and uh, he looked at Jamie Delgado who looked back at him and he said crashes because he didn't like the terminology I don't I don't I prefer crashes to slump I think slump is Let's find out what Simon Briggs is going to use. Simon Briggs has arrived, looking very smart indeed. Which, which, which of crashes or slumps or a another word are you going to use to describe Joe Conter's exit from the tournament? Uh, Crashes is definitely journalese. It's it's uh, automatic headline speak, and it's not the kind of thing you say in the pub, is it? You you wouldn't say, "Did did you see Joe Conter crash out today?" You wouldn't say slump either, would you? We said crashed. In the intro to the podcast. All right, I did. I did. <laughs> I instantly regretted it. What are you going to say, Simon? Lose? <laughs> Lost? Something, something predictable? It's not very headline friendly, is it? Yeah, right, I don't write the headlines. That, that's, that, that's the last resort of the desperate journalist when he's, when he's attacked by an unhappy player or coach over something that's appeared in the, uh, in the paper. You do know I didn't write the headline. And they, they never actually believe you. But do you it know is how true. many times I've heard that in my life? I, I don't write the headlines. <laughs> So what then, if not to, to boil it down to one specific word, what then is your assessment of the Conta-Venus match today, and in particular focusing, first of all, on Conta's performance? Well, I, I sort of felt that she, if you're going to be really, really hypercritical all the way through the tournament, she didn't return quite as well as she needed to to win the title. I sort of hoped that she might find that at some point, 
but when she needed it again, it was the same thing. It's a forehand return. She's got an extreme grip. Um, she doesn't necessarily deal well when she doesn't have the full time to set up and, and be balanced. And we've seen all tournament break points get away from her because she can't find the returns when she needs them. So um, I hope that she might get over that hump. And, and when you saw her working Venus early on, you thought, that, well, maybe she'll generate enough break points that one will come. But in the end, it was only two. And, and they went away from her. And then Venus just played. That was just the experience, wasn't it? The, the, the unbelievably... Um, beautifully timed match play to, to apply such intense pressure in the next game uh, then I think Venus relaxed even more Joe began to feel frustrated and it was slightly downhill although again in the second set when Venus broke her she was a bit lucky wasn't there there were three net cores in that game and just those sort of little margins she was never she was never as good as, as Venus after those break points had gone though her forehand return the, the, it's just not a flexible enough shot is it because of that extreme grip she can't make adjustments of it, on it it's very very inflexible but the heartening part of that is that it is a very specific technical thing which you'd think perhaps can be worked on I know we're not expert enough to be talking about how she she might work on that technical thing but that at least sounds to me like a palpable thing which she can go away and say all right that's hampered me this tournament this match I'm going to try and make it better I would imagine as well that you're talking about a very specific surface here where the ball does shoot through a bit more and it's coming off the racket of Venus Williams that does make a difference I mean I actually spoke to Wim Fissette about this yesterday and he said you know there's a balance that in terms of knowing when you're in a position to hit an attacking return and when you're in a position to hit a defensive return and you're just trying to get it back in court knowing the distinction between the two and that's one of the things that he wants to work on um, it maybe didn't apply so much today but certainly in some of the earlier uh, matches when she got taken to three sets because she wasn't necessarily picking up those break points and, and she served brilliantly down the stretch in, in those three, three setters that she won she wasn't broken in any of the deciders but it was because of that slight weakness on return that she was in that position. The only criticism I've heard of her, and I'm only quoting third parties here, is she didn't wait for Venus Williams before exiting the court, which is traditional here. It's something that Rafael Nadal got a lot of credit for, for for doing the other day when he lost to Gilles Miller. He waited for Gilles Miller to have his little moment, gather up his things so they could walk off court together. It's traditional. I think that is all part of the... The, the, the defence mechanism of Joe Conter, I think she was about to, to lose it emotionally. I think she was about to crumble and she didn't want to do that on a public stage. And in an ideal world, it would have been nice to see her wait, but I just don't think she was able. I think that was... Yeah, I think that was self-defence. Right. I think it, that, the mind goes back to Australia. I remember you describing afterwards how how upset she was and how difficult she found that press conference after the defeat to Serena Williams and yeah I think I think she's she holds it all together long enough really to be competitive as a tennis player but it's always there I think because she desperately wants it she wants to win and uh, yeah uh, it's a shame it's a shame because that is the tradition and we've seen many defeated players hang around and walk off with the the, the player who's won I don't think there was any disrespect meant for a second. I, I just think, as you say, it was just too much for her. Absolutely. Should we talk about Venus? I think we should. Who is amazing. She's 37 years old. I know she's probably sick to the back teeth of people banging on about how old she is. 
but it is old. Wish isn't I was it? 37. 37 is old for a potential right. Wimbledon champion. She suffered from Sjogren syndrome for the last, what, eight or so years, five or so years. Um, she's been written off countless times. She's been written off by me. I mean, I feel like I owe her an apology because I had started to talk in terms of her only. Her main motivation for remaining on tour being the fact that her sister Serena was on tour and then, you know, always having been on tour together and that being part of it and her being kind of a support, yes, still competitive, but that being her main motivation. And, you know, it was only last year that I thought in terms of the two of them potentially retiring together after the Olympics. And I really underestimated the hunger that she still has in her. She's an extraordinary woman. Yeah, the... uh level she played at today obviously is extremely impressive and she wasn't covering the court as well as her opponent so she had to be smarter she had to hit it harder and she kept the, the, the play quite narrow to not not give uh, Conta too many angles to work with the stretch play um, there were only a couple of points early in the match when she was exposed on, on, on the flanks and you noticed the difference between her and Halep because Halep would have been back for the next shot and she was basically just stopped at the side of the court but that was something that she didn't let um, Conta do to her often by just hurrying her all the time and, and, and keeping the ball maybe on the forehand side again because it did break down as, a, as, a, as the match went on. She read the game so well, didn't she? She read, read the play, uh, had an answer for everything, was just a step ahead. She said afterwards experience had been a big difference and clearly that was. It was in the second game, the first Conta service game, when Venus stepped in about a metre inside the baseline and walloped a Conta second serve for a clean winner. It was about twice as fast as Conta had served it. And I thought, hang on a second, if that's what she's going to do today, uh, she's in for some trouble, Conta. And she is certainly, I mean, goodness me, how intimidating a sight that must be. I I found it very similar to the Serena Williams match in Australia where she just... There, she'd sailed through to that stage, and I think we really were thinking she would be hyper-competitive against Serena Williams. Here, I think I certainly expected her to be more competitive, and at four games all, break points. You know, you're thinking this is going to, this has got three sets, this has got Titanic battle written all over it, and after that, I think that deflated her. I think that the, for the first time, we certainly this fortnight, we saw little signs of her looking towards her player box a little bereft I don't think she quite knew what what to do about what was coming her way and and second set it wasn't competitive and and that is because Venus Williams was absolutely fantastic she was a five-time Wimbledon champion out there and age didn't matter one jot well she's working with her age isn't she she's she's just playing a really smart game exactly as you said Simon I, I really loved some of her quotes afterwards about how much she's missing Serena how much she still wants it how much of a fire there is in her belly you know I wonder if there's a slight feeling of of defensiveness from her as well she is defending this title on behalf of her sister who can't be here to defend it I wonder if that's given her not that it seems necessary but given her a bit of an extra impetus as well yeah, I don't necessarily find her an easy person to write about, though, because she just never gives you much of a glimpse into herself or, or what's going on in there. The whole story of her illness, she has not uh, uh, taken any questions on it in five years, which is her, her prerogative, but it has been a story which has been sort of begging to be told and no one's been allowed to do it, not any, even uh, you know, somebody who is close to the family. Serena's been the one who, who, who has um, given you know, much closer... Uh, insight into into her reality 
Serena's kind of got these multiple dimensions of the person and she, she brings them out and we, we have come to know her better than we know Venus. So that's a frustration for me, which, which doesn't go away with Venus. I want to be able to write about her in a slightly broader way than the fantastic stuff she brings to the court. And I feel like she won't let us sometimes. That's kind of interesting, a very interesting point. We, we sort of know her better as a sister than we do as an individual herself, don't we? You know, we've got a, a glimpse into her role as Serena's sister in that documentary that was released last year mm. about Serena we, we know about her role as a sister we, we don't know so much about her as an individual particularly latterly all the things that make her not just a champion but the incredible person that she is the illness the, the fact that she lost her sister the fact that she is 37 years old the stuff she went through a few weeks ago in the car accident in Florida the, the, the stuff she's been through with her family you're right those sorts of things we don't know about i had two interesting conversations straight after this match today one was to doorstep her mother orosine who i've never spoken to in my life before and i have to say my heart was beating my goodness that was nerve-wracking but she agreed to 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 speak to me only very briefly i I think my questions were appalling (laughs) but i got sort of semi okay answers out of it thanks to her at least being nice enough to do the interview but she she did let on about how nerve-wracking she finds watching and and she said that Serena wouldn't have watched she would have just wanted to find out the result and then maybe seen the best bits or something like that but you always see them in the, in the box don't you mm, I, I, that's surprising she, you she, see she, Serena in Venus's player box less than the other way around I think you have seen it but you more often see Venus in Serena's mm. but then, but then that's, that's usually because Serena's playing and well, Venus is or it has been in the last 10 years out of the tournament more often yeah. yes but, it, but then spoke to Chris Clary of the New York Times who probably of all of us I would say he's been around throughout their careers plus he I think is trusted more probably than anybody uh, by the family and uh, he he was giving his insight that uh, and, and shock at her renaissance her surge here because he said in 2012 she lost to Vesnina and he spoke to her in the press conference afterwards and thought that was it really as her as a force she just said that life keeps getting in the way but it will ultimately allow me to come again that's what she apparently said at the time and it is miraculous what what she's done over the last few years given that even in spite of the, the illness and, and the, the personal problems that she's had, like this incident, I mean, right on the eve of this tournament, just the fact that she's just kept on going effectively as an also-ran for a few years. She was, a, she was not relevant. You said on the podcast the other day, Simon, that, that she just hasn't really been a factor for years. And then just incrementally, I think when she pushed Kvitova here a few years ago, the year Kvitova destroyed everybody else, I think... There was the feeling that actually she's still playing really good tennis here. Then she got to the semis last year. Then she reaches the final of Australia. I mean, is she going to win on Sunday, on Saturday? Well, there's, a, there's only one player this year. Okay, Roger Federer could make it two tomorrow. There's only one player this year, man or woman, that's reached two Grand Slam finals, mm. and it's it's Venus Williams. Who'd yeah. have thought it? Hasn't she made the last sixteen of the last six Slams, which is consistency, which is far and above anybody else's on the women's tour. Um, Muguruza did play at a high level today as well against Rabarakova. Boy, did she. Um, but then Rabarakova didn't seem to be doing a lot and then looked to be feeding her quite a few meatballs, to use the, um, the Brad Gilbert term for the, for the sit-up-and-hit-me one. 
it's difficult to know. That that's exactly the thing. It's difficult to know, isn't it, Simon? Just how good Magurtha was today and how good she's playing because of the lack of challenge from Rabarakova and how cowed she she obviously was by the occasion. I mean, it was a different Rabarakova, wasn't it? It wasn't the free, um, the free pressureless Rabarakova. It was just a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, as far as I could see, that she didn't have really any idea what to do next but I think Muguruza has shown a, a lot of consistency and a lot of aggression in this tournament and and she also doesn't have the counter situation of being a first timer you know she's she's won the French she's played the final here against Serena she as we've spoken about I think this week before she carries herself in a way that says I deserve to be you know at the top of the game I deserve to win these tournaments so it's very hard to call, isn't it? I think it actually could be a, a terrific match. They both played awesome level. I think um, Muguruza will give a similar type of performance to what Conta did today, but maybe without the slight um, weakness on the return and, and, and sort of the, the, the mental uh, inexperience. And, you know, it wasn't as if Venus was that much better, was it? I mean, all right, Conta went away, second set a little bit as, as, as the set went on, but the first set was very competitive. So I don't see why we couldn't have a great final. It's good up for, for Conchita Martinez as a coach this yeah, fortnight, isn't it? It really Boy, is. she done well. Does it raise questions about Sam Sumik, who's well, not been here? I mean, maybe, yeah. And I mean, they haven't had consistent success at all. She certainly seems very sanguine out there at she the moment. Does. And, and I think a lot of that is, you know, the Andy Murray thing, where we see him maybe getting the same right. messages, but from somebody he, who has been there and done it. She's won Wimbledon. There's nothing that that Muguruza can come back at her with yeah. she's done it you know I do get <laughs> the no sense with, well I get the sense with champion. Muguruza when she's talking to Sam Simic she's basically thinking well what yeah. do you know about well it? we've seen it on the she, yeah. she sometimes literally is saying what yeah. do you know about it you I, know she does back chat with in him in terms lot. of this final I th- my mind goes back, I think, to 2005 when Venus played against Lindsay Davenport, which is regarded by many, I think, as one of the great finals of all, of all time here. And they're similar, aren't they, Muguruza they are. and Davenport? And the other thing is Muguruza is going to the net relentlessly. You know, it's, it's serve, decent deep forehand. If that gets even a remotely short ball or a three-quarter pace ball, she is into the net. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so it could be a great match. What Simon's shaking well, his head. What's yeah, but she's about? not going to get the short ball, is she? I mean, that's one thing that Venus isn't giving. No, but she hasn't faced a player with the sort of firepower of Muguruza either. Can I just intervene? Because we are allowed an extra 24 hours before making our women's finals predictions. So if 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 you if you'd like a stay of execution, I would. Right then, <laughs> we will have to make men's semi-finals predictions though, because and we're going to have to do it very quickly because David has a date with John McEnroe up on the roof. Well, I've already for, been, I've already been miscaptioned so, as David Lloyd today. <laughs> if you haven't seen so. the photo of that uh, on our Twitter or Instagram feeds, please look at it. It has provided me with immense amusement today. David appeared on the Victoria Derbyshire show earlier via Skype, uh, and they captioned him as David Lloyd. He's unclear whether they were actually expecting David Lloyd to be on. I did notice a real <laughs> sense of disappointment in Victoria <laughs> Derbyshire's voice when mm-hmm. she saw me, and probably of uh, a sort of... Who knows that? Um, and it said former British tennis player, which at that point I, I felt like a king. Where, where were you actually? I, I saw you with a, on, in a field with, yeah, with, with an earpiece. I was in the Wimbledon queue, which oh, no right, longer okay. has any sort of queue. Not like you're on. Yeah, it is. It's just a field now. Yeah, I, 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 I did, rumors start. Simon. I didn't get here in time, so I just stayed in the field where they queue, and there was only me there. 
So there David we are. was the cue. I was. David yeah. Lloyd was the cue. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the sound on, so I was slightly perplexed. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel. And Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live. And you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tiebreak or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with Legends of the Game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. So, I mean, what's going to happen in the men's semis? Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Are any of us really not going to go for Federer versus Chilich final? Well, I don't know. I'm looking around. So no. I was hoping you were going to no. give us a different look, Simon. No. no. Straight I, sets I, for both? Yeah, a query to win a set, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Fit, fitness permitting, that's that's likely to be the final. I mean, I'm, the mind still goes back to to Federer's um, knee going out last year. This stuff can happen. The guy, we we tend to forget, he is 35. You know, he's <laughs> small fry. <laughs> but if he, he feels very very comfortable, I mean, he was in. Uh, he was joshing with everyone, wasn't he? Very happily in the press conference on Wednesday night. He's, he's not felt any twinges so no. far. He, he's and in it was a exhibition place. tennis yesterday against Raonic, last year's finalist. And I've, got, it, I've got a feeling he's going to really turn it on, actually, to be honest, against Burdick again. So, uh, Federer Cilic final, that's what everyone's going for. That's what David Law predicted. We just say that again. <laughs> that's what David Law predicted. Neither of us predicted a Venus Muguruza final. I'm getting an air clap. From An air Simon from, Briggs. Right, you're not coming back on, Simon. <laughs> uh, so that's what we're expecting tomorrow. But there have been plenty of surprises, so you never know. Sam Curry could do it again. Uh, but I'm going for the same. I'm going for a federer Chilich final. Uh, Simon, lots to read about in the Telegraph tomorrow. Want to give the, the people a little tease? Yeah, I mean... You've uh, just, you, you just said how difficult it is to write about Venus. <laughs> Well, yeah, but actually, I'm not really writing about Venus. I think um, Charlie Eccleshare is doing more of the Venus-facing piece, and I'm doing um, more of the sort of thanks for the uh, tournament, Joe, and uh, better luck next time, but, but well done type piece. 
There will be elaboration on that in the actual piece, I'm sure. But better luck next time, Joe, is the gist. Uh, Make sure you watch the um, Eurosport highlight show, which goes out. I'm not sure. I think it goes out sort of... I think it's going out in about half an hour's time, so you're going to have to download this show very quickly to to get it. But you can watch tomorrow night's highlight show. Just be aware that Eurosport has a highlight show. There you go. You got there. I got there. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, keep listening to us. We've got three more daily Wimbledon podcasts to come. Uh, We have been once again on day 10 of the championships, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport, and we'll be back tomorrow. 